Our scripture passage today comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Listen for the word of the Lord. In the 15th year of the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of, of Ituria and Trachonicus, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of metanoia, for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage begins with a rogues gallery of oppressors. Tiberius and Pontius Pilate and Herod, Caiaphas and Annas, they're, they're people that we know well from the biblical story. They symbolize people who use power in abusive and oppressive ways. And with powers arrayed against people like that, what can people do but hunker down and submit and play by the, by the leader's rules, live in their reality? But when you live in their reality, the dreams turn into drudgery and the heroes seem to sell out. And where once people had expected the best, they become desensitized by the hype and the spin. But it's not just in the past that we see that kind of power being abused. In the New York Times yesterday, there was an article about hate speech rising after Mr. Musk took over Twitter. In the short period of time since that has happened, slurs against black Americans have, uh, have, have nearly doubled uh, in one day. Slurs against gay men the same, uh, that there's been more anti-Semitic posts by 50%, not to mention all those posts that are rallying people to the Islamic State uh, and to ISIS. All of those ways that power is abused and people fall into the spell, the hypnotic spell of hate and fear and division. When that happens, what hope do we have for thinking differently? Where the roof of life long ago began to leak, now the timbers seem to begin to rot. People grow disappointed and angry and cynical where once they disagreed with one another, now they hold one another in disdain. The world seems to fall apart. What hope is there? A voice cries out in the wilderness. 
which is to say a voice that does not come from the seats of power or the power brokers or the influence peddlers, but a voice in the wilderness that speaks not just long ago, but that speaks to us. Can you hear it? Advent is our time to listen, to listen for the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Can you hear it? Advent gets so busy, we gather together to remind ourselves to slow down, to slow down enough and take the time to listen for what God has to say, to listen with deep understanding. John uses a wonderful word, metanoia. It's often translated repent, uh, but there's so much baggage associated with that term, it's equally valid to translate that same term, metanoia, as turn around. Maybe the message connects more clearly with us when we ask ourselves, where is God calling us to turn around in our lives? Metanoia, turn around. Turn your mind around. Turn your way of seeing around. Turn around for new patterns of understanding. Imagine that God can do something new in the face of all these tyrants who abuse their power. Bear fruit that befits repentance is a way of saying it is possible to live ethically in the world and that's what we need to do to be ready for the birth of the Messiah. Metanoia, John says, turn around. What needs to be turned around in our lives? Where have we become too cynical? Where have we bought into despair? If the voices of the tyrants desensitize us, the voice of hope resensitizes us. To hear a voice, a voice in the wilderness, God's voice ring through John's words, to turn around, to see the growing possibilities for life and love. When John says the mountains will be brought low, he's talking about people. He's talking about the powerful, the mighty, the ones on high, the ones who go on high because they use corrupt power to get there. Imagine that those mountains can be brought low and that the low places, which is to say the low people, can be lifted up. Imagine, imagine that those going through a rough patch in life can have their journey smoothed out by the way that other people live and by the hope that God alone gives. Advent is our time to listen. Listen. Listen to the voice of John the Baptist as one who is speaking to us. He gives us the task of, of reimagining the world, of saying that that metanoia, that turning can happen that we can turn things around, we can turn ourselves around, we can turn our world around. John doesn't mince words, he talks to people like they're a brood of snakes because he wants to get their attention to see how important it is that they listen to this word of hope that the world can change, the world can turn. Hope in the Bible is about more than just a belief or more than just a feeling. It is about action. It is an active hope to which we are called. To wake up to the beauty of the realization 
that God has called us to turn, to act, to discover our strength in our hearts, the, the clarity of our purpose, our love for life, to discover anew the liveliness of our curiosity, and the deep well that we have within us of patience and the power of, of diligence and the keenness of our senses and our capacity to lead. None of these things, none of them can happen if we think faith is about sitting in our favorite chair and watching whatever's next on Netflix. An outburst of authentic hope is about rebuilding relationships, first and foremost a relationship with God, but rebuilding relationships with others. And as we turn, and we turn to others around us, the idea that if we were a bit less self-justified, maybe those relations would happen more easily. It's born of a voice, a listening voice, that we have been given God's word of hope. We've been given a mind to reason. We've been given each other to see the world from the different perspectives that we offer to one another. We've been given the gift of God's good creation to praise it, to use it, to explore it, to understand it, and to change it. Metanoia, John says, turn around. We want change in the world. This is a passage that first and foremost calls us to ask the question, what does God want to change in us? My friend Al says, you know, the only people who really, truly want change are babies with wet diapers. <laughs> but God calls us in this passage to take a look at ourselves, to ask the question, what needs to change in us to make us part of that vision that God has for the world? It's a voice from the wilderness but a voice that calls us to take a hard look at ourselves and, and to have integrity when we pray those words, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that that's us committing to making our life a life that shows that we're improving the world with the way that we live, the way that we relate, the way that we believe. Churches. Churches are places for conversations, and I think today they're just about the best places for conversations because in churches we are committed to being with one another, uh, committed through hard times to be with one another, to stay in relationship, to stay in conversation. And that means we truly can find a sense of God's voice calling in the midst of us of how we should change. Advent's a time to slow down, to listen. And when we've listened, then to act, because it's in the action that we show that we are authentic hopers in this cynical world. And that we will do more than dream about a different day. We will embrace that possibility with our lives. We will act towards that day here and now, that God gives us reasons to hope and shows us ways of hoping. Now in the world, it takes time for people to lose hope. And I think there's stories in the news every day about people who have lost hope. It takes time to lose hope, and so it takes time for hope to be born anew among us. 
Our Advent is our time to listen and, and to intentionally give time to nurturing, nurturing profoundly that sense of hope within us. God's hope reopens our imagination to see ourselves anew, to see our relationships anew, to see our priorities anew, to see the world anew, to listen beyond any tyranny of power that may try to cast a spell on us because God's voice calling out in the wilderness breaks the hypnotic spell and the dizzying gaze of evil and it sets us free to see the world anew, to live anew. Listen to what God is after, a new hope for you and a new hope for the world. Garrison Keillor, uh, the great storyteller, once told a story about a man who had a, a perfect opportunity to have an affair. He's, he's telling this in his mythical town of Lake Wobegon. This man had a perfect opportunity to have an affair because he was about to go on a trip out of town and he would meet his paramour in a, in a distant city and, and, and no one would ever know. But, but as he got to the gate at the airport, he had this overwhelming feeling that if he were to get on that plane, the moment he got on the plane, that somehow, for some reason, noxious fumes would begin to pour out of the heaters in a grade school on the other side of town, that unseen consequences would happen. And, 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 and he says, and there he is at the gate, trying to decide, does he get on? And then Keeler ends the story and says, that's the news from Lake Wobegon where all the women are strong and the men are good looking and the children are above average. And we're left going, well, what did he do? Keeler doesn't tell us, but everything inside of us is crying out to the man, turn around, turn around, turn around. God's calling to us in the voice of John the Baptist. Turn around, turn around. There's things that you're about to do. There's things that the world is about to do. You've got to turn. And if we become a people of turning, then we come to see again and be ready for Christmas because God is eager to fill our hearts with joy and to fill our world with laughter. But we, have to be ready to respond, to be ready and willing to be a people who turn around. Amen.